Rainmaker FM. This podcast is brought to you by Copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. Hey there, it is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital, and I like to hang out over on the Copyblogger blog. Remember, you can always get the show notes for every episode, including links and free extras, by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. You'll also find the complete show archive there. So if you tuned in last week, you may remember that I am currently in the throes of puppy obsession. And actually, in particular, I'm obsessed with the psychology of training and with a particular kind of training called positive reinforcement, which I actually got interested in years and years ago reading a book by Karen Pryor. It was called Don't Shoot the Dog. It's a really good book. You can still pick it up. I recommend it. So one of the things that I am noticing this time around is it's very hard for any of us, you know, puppy dogs and people and anybody else. It's very hard to learn something new or to do the thing that you know you're supposed to do when you feel like garbage. It's really difficult to be your best self and your brightest self when you feel bad. And of course, at the moment, for a lot of people, this is a really stressful period of time. A lot of us are feeling a little bit like the proverbial deer in the headlights. And it's tricky to come up with interesting solutions to problems. It's tricky to be creative. And it's tricky to even just get your regular stuff done when you're anxious or frozen or just feeling really nervous and not good in general. So I thought today I would offer some ideas that I've been finding useful. So these are five elements of your life, five things you can manage. And the more that you manage these things, the more kind of, you know, learning energy you'll free up and productive energy that you'll free up. And all five of them, if you don't manage them well, they really tend to lead to procrastination. So I'm going to start off with kind of the big one, which is managing your environment. And in general, the positive reinforcement people teach us, and we all kind of know this, you want to do the good stuff before you fire up the problematic stuff. You want to get your work done. You want to get your creativity expressed and your important items done specifically right now before you fire up like the news and find out, you know, what kind of shenanigans are happening today. 
You want to get your creative work or any kind of work that matters to you, that's meaningful to you, before you fire up Facebook and find out how irritated you are today by, you know, the friend of a friend of a friend who's unbelievably clueless. So as much as possible, managing your environment is about creating some stress light moments for yourself or stress-free little pockets of time in your day that you can do the things that are important, that you can do the work that matters. And this points to a larger issue, which is that if your behavior is not what you want it to be, you're not working on the right things or you're not doing it in the way that you want, consider asking yourself the question that a professional trainer asks, which is, what are you reinforcing? Because procrastination is essentially a cycle of rewarding not doing by getting on Facebook or playing video games or, you know, whatever it is you use instead of rewarding the doing. So you want to set the habits up so that you reward doing before you reward not doing. And of course, this sounds simple and it is essentially simple, but it's just hard. It's difficult to do. So my advice is always try and start with one thing. And it really is useful, even if you're not a morning person, to do it early in your workday, uh, simply because you actually do have a finite amount of willpower. And if you wait until the afternoon, your willpower may be um, pretty well depleted. So if you have something that you care about, um, just set up one work session. It could be very short, especially if your habits are not in good shape right now. It could be really, truly 20 minutes or even less. And use an app like the Freedom app. It's not free, but for what you get out of it, I think it's a pretty good value. And there's lots of apps that will keep you from getting onto the distractions during that work block. And once the habit is ingrained or re-ingrained, it really does get a lot easier. And that actually leads to the second uh, thing that you want to manage, element you want to manage in your life if stress is um, wrecking your productivity, which is to manage your habits. So you've probably already noticed this, and I'm sure you've heard it before and read it before. The more you can put things on autopilot, the more resilient you're going to find yourself to stress-induced anxiety and the resulting procrastination. So one example of a habit is what I mentioned earlier in managing your environment, carving out a short work block in the morning and then setting up whatever apps or other tools you need to do to make sure that you are able to address that work block without distractions. It's also helpful to create little rituals. So make it easy to start. And we had a post on Copyblogger recently. I will give you a link in the show notes about some of the writing rituals and the little, uh, the little habits and, and quirks that our writing team has when we need to start writing. And most creative people have little, you know, they like to make themselves a particular cup of tea and a particular mug or whatever it is. The specifics don't matter as much as having something that makes it easy for you to start because once you start, usually you're off and running. And while I'm thinking about it, I should not neglect to mention that 
addressing, you know, your your lack of creative productivity because you're stressed out, being creatively productive is a great thing you can do for your stress. So it really is a virtuous circle once you get it going. Once you start creating, once you've gotten started and you're off and running, that in itself will help ease up some of your stress and anxiety because you're doing instead of just, you know, kind of tensing up and freezing there like a rabbit uh, in the face of a, a hawk. Another really helpful thing to do if you're trying to work on tightening your habits up is use processes as much as you can so that you know what to do next. In other words, if you have a creative task, just sit down and write out, well, first I do this, then I do that, then I do that, and just have a almost like a checklist. In fact, you can absolutely create a checklist for yourself. And I give you an example of that, again, on Copyblogger and the how to grow a blog post process. And I will also include a link to that in the show notes. And these little processes, we put off doing them because it feels like sort of busy work and it feels, it sounds kind of boring. And it, you know, maybe it is kind of boring, but the more you know the steps in advance, the fewer creative decisions you have to make. And decision-making is cognitively expensive. In other words, it makes your brain tired. So the more you know the steps in advance, the less friction you're going to have in actually getting something done. The third area you can manage and it will help you a lot is your physical activity. So the more you can physically move your body around, the better you're going to be able to manage stress. And I really advise prioritizing movement some form of moving around, we don't even have to call it exercise. It's a cornerstone habit. So it's a habit that makes all the other habits a lot easier. Now, I think a lot of people run into trouble because they think you have to do some kind of super crazy, intense workout that, you know, like literally makes you throw up in a bucket. You really do not need to do that to get the benefits of exercise. And in fact, there is absolutely such a thing as over-exercising, as hurting yourself because your workouts are too intensive and they create health problems and they will create stress. They will create physical stress. So move yourself around, but you don't have to kill yourself. Most people find a lot of moderate exercise really helps. That means plenty of walking, taking the stairs, uh, some yoga if you're into that, things like riding your bike, just moderate, comfortable activities that are enjoyable in and of themselves. Now, you can get some real physical and cognitive benefit by adding just a little bit of very intense work, like sprinting or, you know, super all out effort. But that's really literally, you know, four minutes a day, two minutes a day, little tiny amounts of that. Um, very healthy, but if that just sounds miserable to you, don't worry about it. Do the, the large volume of moderate stuff. That's going to get you most of the benefits. And it should be something you like. You know, I like to lift barbells. I like to swing kettlebells. You might like to run. You might like to row. So do what you like, because if you like it, you'll do more of it. Now, a lot of us feel like we do not have time to put this kind of habit into our day. One thing you want to realize is that you actually, in a weird way, you buy productive time with exercise. 
And what I mean by that is if you take a walk for 20 minutes, you gain more than 20 minutes worth of productivity because you will be more focused and you will produce more and better work when you come back to your desk. Now, of course, there's an upper limit to that, but making that time for frequent, moderate exercise will really pay for itself. And think about quick breaks from your work to go out, take a walk, get some stretching done, you know, look at the sky, uh, look at a tree and just kind of get yourself grounded and moving. The fourth element you can manage, this comes right out of uh, behaviorist theory and positive reinforcement training, which is to manage your rewards. And I see this a lot and I certainly see it in myself which is that a lot of us work against our own best interests because we beat ourselves up one side and down the other when we don't do the right thing. And we do not praise or reward ourselves when we do do the right thing. So a lot of us culturally come from this very judgy place. You know, I shouldn't need some kind of reward to do my job. It's my job. And you know, socially that might be very appropriate, but it is absolutely counterproductive. You know, whether or not we should need a reward, a reward really helps us get it done. So let's just, you know, not get so hung up and just go ahead and do it. So many of us, this is, I think, particularly true in the U.S. Um, if something's not, you know, we're not getting something done and it's important to us, our first impulse is to just, you know, to be your own drill sergeant, to kick your own butt really, really hard. And for most people, that leads absolutely short line to procrastination because it's so painful to think about all the stuff that you haven't done that you just avoid the whole topic. And then this is how you spend, you know, you look up and you've just spent three hours on Facebook. So it does work for some people. If it works for you, then you should do what works for you, obviously. But for most people, that is the problem, which is that it doesn't work. It just makes us feel horrible, but it doesn't get any more work done. Or it gets this puny little trickle of work done that's very painful and unpleasant, and then we immediately go back to ignoring it because it just sucks and we don't want to do it. So this is going to sound obvious, and at the same time, we all tend to forget it in a strange way, which is that there is nothing you can do. There is no effort you can make that will change the past. There is just not any sense in kicking yourself about what you did do or did not do yesterday. So instead of wasting all of that cognitive energy on that, figure out what to do next. Figure out how to give yourself some kind of positive sensation when you do it. So that could be a nice snack. It could be something fun on Netflix. It could be, you know, playing a video game. Now, you probably already know this. If video games are your reward of choice, you have to have some kind of a mechanism to keep that limited in time because video games are very carefully crafted to be very addictive, right? To make us want to keep playing a little more and a little more. So you have to have something that limits it, but it can be a wonderful reward when you've gotten your stuff done. And just repeating that point that I made previously, which is if your behavior is not what you want, if you don't see the behavior you want to see, ask yourself the question that professional trainers do, which is what are you reinforcing? Because somewhere you are reinforcing this behavior, which is why it is so persistent. So you want to set your habits to reward doing 
instead of setting habits to reward not doing. And the fifth one, and sometimes this can really be the the panacea when the first four, you know, you know what you're supposed to do and it just isn't happening, is to manage your community, manage the people you're surrounding yourselves with. So for many people, I certainly find it helpful myself. Accountability can be that secret key that gets us to actually do this stuff instead of, you know, sitting there kind of fretting. Accountability can also be a great way to reset some patterns if you do have some bad habits that are pretty well entrenched by now and let you choose something healthier. So you really want to think about not hanging out with people who are nasty, but also not hanging out with people who reinforce behavior that you are ready to let go of. So you don't want that boot camp drill sergeant, that person who's always got something critical to say about what you didn't make happen. And you also don't want that person who says, oh, go ahead, you deserve it, just one's not going to hurt you. So you want to find people who are willing to hold you accountable, and they probably would like you to hold them accountable, but who know how to do that in a way that's kind and respectful. So that's it. Those are my five kind of spheres of life to manage. Um, If I'm not getting enough done, and in particular, if I'm not getting enough done because I'm stressed out or worried about things or um, just have this kind of generalized anxiety that a lot of people have, um, especially right now. Just a heads up, I am writing a whole new series on my personal blog, which is called Remarkable Communication, about some of the different ways that positive reinforcement can help you be a better business person or creative person or content creator, anything along those lines. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can check it out. Uh, Remarkable Communication has a hyphen in it. So remarkable-communication.com. And talking a lot about what we talk about here so I can keep the copy blogger stuff for content strategy and all that excellent writing oriented stuff. That's what I got for you today. Thank you as always for your time and attention and I'll catch you next time. Take care.